Hey guys, welcome to Rihanna's Lens, where I interact with you about the components in the STEM field and introduce you to fascinating people who passionately inhabit the scientific and technical frontiers of our society. My name is Rihanna Malhotra and I'm absolutely elated to share this podcast with all of you. On this episode, I'm joined by a guest who has a background in renewable energy, blockchain and innovation. He has also developed in companies in Europe and has led boot camps in Silicon Valley and New York. I'm so glad to welcome and introduce the founder and CEO of Race Farms, Emiliano. Hi, Rihanna. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm thrilled to talk to you. So um, I just wanted to know first that where did Race Farms like derive from and um, how did it all happen and how did the journey begin? Of course. So um, coming back to, to a bit of the background uh, in terms of, of boot camps, innovation and renewable energy. Um, so we started uh, Raiz, just to give a bit of context, uh, Raiz in Spanish and in Portuguese means a root. So uh, in, in our plants, we keep the root alive, just, just, just for people to know what what we mean. So um, it started back in 2017 with, with uh, getting to know what um, urban agriculture is, urban farming and, and vertical farming. Um, I had the, the opportunity to get exposure to, to the field in, in New York and um, starting, starting in, with Sky Vegetables uh, and uh, a, a partner and a great uh, consulting firm called Agritecture uh, offered a, a visit to a boot camp I was leading in, in New York um, to, to the rooftop farm. So that was our first exposure of, of what vertical farming is. Um, keeping keeping uh, always in the lookout then with my renewable energy background, uh, we're starting a, a, a development of uh, renewable energy credits for, for small um, DER, so it's distributed energy resources. So how to link them in, into the ecosystem and, and a natural user of, of that system was um, urban farms, right? Or, or high-tech indoor farms that use a lot of energy. So uh, that was the first, let's say, commercial business approach, how to make energy uh, efficiency more of a matter in, in urban farms. So that, that was like first starting to, to delve in, into it. And uh, then uh, met with one of my co-founders, um, CTO Simon, um, back in 2018 and uh, starting uh, yeah, de- developing a concept for modular systems of, of, of indoor farms. But it wasn't until 2020 uh, when everything uh, also, I, th- I think uh, for, for many founders and people in, in, in the world with, with, with the pandemic, it, uh, sped things up. Um, and, and last year we started developing the, co- the company. We really put our team together um, and started uh, working on, on a prototype farm and a brand and a company to launch here in, in Lisbon, Portugal. That's where, where we're based um, and started crafting our approach towards uh, vertical farming um, in terms of distributed farms in the middle of the city um, and in to, to cater to specific neighborhoods and community. Yeah, that's great to hear the entire journey of um, race farms. Like, um, So now, um, agriculture is developing 
over time. And as you mentioned about vertical farms and conserving energy so that it's more efficient. So um, now what do you think will be the future of agriculture? Is it just vertical farms or is there something more to it as well? I think I think it's a mix, to be honest. I mean, I don't think it'll be only vertical farms in terms of uh, indoor farms, but it will be a mix between both greenhouses, like advanced technology greenhouses, indoor vertical farms, uh, like the ones who uh, we're aiming to build a network of distributed farms, but also bigger uh, farms, like industrial scale farms, such as the ones we're seeing um yeah, mostly for example in, in the us right uh, but it, it'll be a, it'll be a, a mix of uh, of different components of uh farms without yes we, without eliminating let's say traditional agriculture i think traditional agriculture will diminish so so uh, food will be produced mostly uh, near where it's needed to be consumed uh, so we're seeing a, a rise in the urban population. So that's also where the shift will go to uh, and shortening the supply chain. But I don't think the traditional agriculture will disappear entirely. So what we're looking at in the future is, uh, uh, let's say, a more efficient mix of, of farming, uh, combining uh, cities, natural resources, and uh, transforming spaces that uh, were previously unused or, or um, that can be transformed in, in, into um, uh, yeah, yielding farm. Yeah, right. I think that's definitely very important. So um, I was just reading about vertical farms like a few days ago, and um, I noticed that the um, agriculture is mainly focused on uh, leafy greens, especially in places mm -hmm. like um, United States as uh, for um, vertical farming. So um, why do you think the crop is so uh, limited? Why aren't we delving to fruits as well? Yes, yeah, so I think uh, initially it's about the... Uh, the facility and how easy it is to grow leafy greens. And as you mentioned, uh, it is uh, highly focused on leafy greens. So that being uh, different kinds of, of salads and, and, and fresh herbs. Um, but it's not only that, right? So it, it, it is uh, indeed uh, the first approach that uh, most farmers uh, included, included even us uh, take uh, while stepping into the field. But it's definitely not um, the only thing that's being grown. We're seeing a lot of development in the industry, all the way from strawberries, tomatoes, hops, uh, amongst other different crops that are starting to be developed. And that's definitely something that uh, we also want to focus our, our R&D into, right? So um, what, what we aim to, to develop in, in the midterm is... Uh, a mix of high protein crops or nutritious crops that uh, not only, of course, uh, have the benefit of, of uh, being tasty and good, but that, that uh, can concentrate uh, uh, a high um, nutrient uh, dense, right? That are highly nutrient. Um, so we, we're starting with also microgreens such as lupini um, that, that are one of the crops with a higher uh, protein concentration but also taking it from there and exploring other 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 kinds of crops and as you said also even fruits uh, we have interest for example in in strawberries it's just about finding the right uh, demand in the market as well right but uh, 
uh, yeah, just just to say it's limited. Yeah, to answer your question, it, it, it's limited given, uh, or it has been limited given the uh, the easiness, let's say, to grow other crops or, or to grow the leafy greens. And uh, uh, but it's being the the growing techniques and methods and recipes for growing um, other kinds of crops in indoor farms is is being developed, and and uh, there's a lot of new knowledge coming along. So we'll definitely see a wider variety in in the near future. Yeah, definitely. But uh, do you think that this shortage in uh, growing fruits is because of the hurdles with uh, pollination? With pollination as well, as well, I think uh, it, that does entail a challenge. Uh, one of our partners, uh, I, I was talking about uh, Simon before, uh, CTO, he, he, uh, he's in Toronto, based in Toronto, and he, he went to to um, uh, one of our, our partners' facilities uh, back in Canada, and, and he did tell me uh, they, they had uh, bees and 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 other other, other pollination methods. Um, of course, it's a challenge, but it can be done, right? Some some other are doing it manually, um, so so it's just finding finding the right way to um, to to do that pollination process. Uh, of course, it's a hurdle, but uh, again, it, it's it's not impossible, and it's already being done. Right, definitely. So I think these methods, like um, you mentioned that drones or robots that can help us pollinate since, you know, uh, now the insect population, especially bees, it's declining over time. So um, I'm sure there must be these other alternatives that need to be found in order to uh, be able to grow fruits and pollinate. So um, now, how fast are the current uh, fully closed vertical farming industries moving towards the fruiting industry going to? How fast are, are they moving, is it? Yeah. I think uh, f fast fast enough, to be honest. We, we're still seeing, uh, I, mean, I mean, at least uh, back where we where we at, uh, we haven't seen too much of, of a development there. As you say, it's mostly leafy greens since, since the market is such as an, at an early stage, but it's fast enough in, in, in the way that there's uh, already leading, let's say companies that have been established uh, in, 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 in the last decade or, or back, I don't know, five to 10 years um, that are already starting developing uh, those kind of crops, right? So uh, I do believe in, in, I don't know, the next five to 10 years, it'll become way more normal that, that you see uh, fruits and, and other kind of crops being developed indoor. Yeah, I do look forward to it. And um, especially with the increase in technology as it's developing. So um, hopefully it will be there in the near future as well. So um, how do you think that technology is going to expand in controlled environment agriculture? So um, what do you think, how is technology looking up for uh, that part of agriculture? So in CEA, there's the two different, let's say, uh, branches. Uh, one of them is, is software and one of them is, is hardware, right? So let's say starting with the software, we're seeing uh, machine learning algorithms, uh, of course, controlled environment uh, sensors just to, just to manage humidity, temperature, amongst other factors to provide, let's say, a, an optimal growing environment for, for the plants not only for one facility, but for multiple facilities, like uh, having a, a brain that uh, can read uh, the, the, 
the conditions uh, currently in, in each farm and then optimize um, uh, for, for that network and for each crop and uh, harvest a new batch, right? Uh, so we'll see that development uh, improving um, in, in software in, in terms of uh, the cost of data processing and chips. Um, it, 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 it's been falling, of course, for, for, for the last uh, years and decades. So we'll see more computing power and fasting uh, algorithms and processes, and we'll be able to do more things with software that allows us, at the end of the day, to grow more crops and to grow them more efficiently. Um, that's, that's on the software side. On the hardware end, uh, we see a continuous growth towards automation and uh, in, in integrating uh, different, uh, as you said, for example, drones or, or, or robotic arms uh, amongst other different uh, tools that uh, help us do the process more efficiently, lowering the cost and uh, providing, let's say, a, a cleaner product or produce uh, at the end of the day, right? Um, uh, one one interesting thing we're 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 uh, working on is uh, integrating uh, a, a different energy system, so a, a hybrid a hybrid energy model in in which we um, utilize both LEDs and uh, natural sunlight, right? So. Um, you may have seen that uh, usually vertical farms uh, use mostly LEDs, so they're grown indoors, uh, and that's of course uh, has its pros uh, since it allows a, a better control, uh, but it also uses uh, quite a bit of energy, so it's not uh, always energy efficient. What we're trying to do is building a, uh, let's say, a hybrid model of energy that where we use. Uh, Agrivoltaics, which is yes, this special kind of uh, solar panels that that let light through, but actually generate electricity as well, um, and uh, LEDs as well, and using software, let's say, to 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 calibrate exactly when and what kind of light needs to be provided to the plants according to the amount of sunlight that's in in in, in any given day, right? So we're uh, pushing that that frontier in terms of energy efficiency. Um, so I think we'll also see some of that uh, in the future. So uh, energy, um, energy management, uh, both software and hardware. Wow, that sounds really interesting. And it's great that you're also uh, focusing on efficiency and uh, conserving of energy while growing um, crops and uh, concentrating on agriculture in vertical farms. So um, personally, according to you, um, are there any rewarding aspects about growing agriculture crops in vertical farms? Ah, okay. Um, yes, I think uh, different, different uh, aspects in terms of both uh, the, the, the potential to grow, um, let's say, a higher quantity, so a higher yield per, per square meter in, in the middle of the city. And uh, uh, so uh, that allows us to free up, let's say, um, uh, other, other arable land to, to be regenerated and, and, and also uh, to have a, a positive impact on the environment. So let's say by, by having... Uh, that that's in the future, right? But uh, scaling up and and having um, uh, a high uh, square square meter growth, we are able to free up uh, even even more corresponding uh, land in, in in the field that can be 
used for regenerative ag or, or other means that uh, are able to have a, a positive impact on the environment um, as, as well, um, both in our internal operations, uh, um, it, we're able to reutilize water. Uh, so in contrast to, to traditional agriculture, we use uh, some, somewhere between 90 and 95 less water um, so, so that's also a, a positive thing that, that we're, uh, that it's part of why we, we see that as a solution to actually make, make, make a change in, in, in our current, uh, environment. Um, it, uh, also pushing the frontiers uh, of what I just said before, uh, of technology, right? So there, as mentioned, it's a nascent field. It, it's still growing in its early stage. So there's a lot of room to integrate uh, different technologies and uh, make it uh, more attractive, more efficient. One thing um, I'm also uh, interested or, or, or uh, happy to, to be delving into is uh, blockchain integration. Um, so for example, uh, tokenizing a hydroponic asset uh, and making, making it an investable asset through digital, digital tokens, right? Uh, we're working currently with, with a NEAR protocol uh, I invite anyone to to, to dive into it. Uh, what near is and still in, in its early stage, but we we've received uh, good interest and and, and support. So um, it, we know that uh, every supply chain is being digitalized uh, throughout the world. Not not only farming, uh, but 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 also farming and and different. Uh, all the way from automotive to manufacturing supply chains are, are being digitalized and, and, and also put on the blockchain. And we see vertical farming also going towards that um, all the way from the seed to the final harvest. So that's also we, we're, we're uh, in a way pioneering and, and working towards to develop. Um, so that's also something exciting as well. Yeah, it's really awesome to know that there's so much that goes behind building, um, just making a crop or um, growing fruits and leafy greens. And um, also agriculture is really looking towards the technological aspect. So um, that's something great. And um, definitely that there's so many new inventions under agriculture itself. So that's really awesome to hear. So um, now going a bit further back, um, what motivated you to get into agriculture? To get into agriculture, um, I, as mentioned, no, my first exposure um, with with technology uh, over there when when I when I saw this rooftop farm in the middle of that was in the Bronx actually, right? So so it, it is, uh, uh, yeah, uh, sort of a uh, uh, harder part of, of New York City. But we saw greens uh, being built on the top of, of a building that uh, otherwise would have not been developed and uh, these greens growing in communities. So the positive impact it can have in communities and transforming spaces, right? So, so uh, I think that, that that's a strong motivator, like uh, uh, being able to transform spaces and help communities and of course uh, uh, feed communities with, with amazing produce. Um, then a bit more uh, on the personal side, uh, being able to grow, for example, what we're growing right now, it's uh, basil, uh, which is, I've always loved uh, 
good old basil and, and making a nice a nice pesto and of course then diversifying from there but uh, we're able to to grow a high quality basil in, in middle of the city so that's also something that, uh, that that made me keen and lastly and i think i already mentioned it but uh the capacity to uh yes let's say spearhead um technology right so 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 i'm i'm all in for for innovation and uh and yes technological integration so i i saw vertical farming and agriculture uh or ag tech right uh, as as somewhere where uh, uh, there's room for creativity innovation and and things uh, yeah possibly to integrate uh new ideas and, and and new protocols and technology so so that's something that really motivated me as well to 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 dive in yeah absolutely it's really looking up and as you mentioned basil is one of your favorite crop to grow so um what other crop do you prefer growing in your farm so right now we're growing microgreens uh normal basil uh pok choy and uh let's say the the, the champion is uh, african blue basil or or uh, red basil, so so we have this uh, yeah nice seeds that that yield a, a greenish reddish uh, basil that, that we really like, and we have good response for the market, uh, and that's what we're uh, focusing on at the moment. But uh, as we're expanding soon, um, we'll be looking to to diversify a bit more our uh, our, our farms uh, crops. Also, been experimenting with. Um, edible flowers, uh, borragine, uh, and, and that's also, let's say, a, a high value crop and, and something that uh, especially chefs and uh, yeah, people that, that, that like to cook uh, appreciate very much. So we're also look, looking to expand that, um, that production of, of edible flowers. And in, um, in the, let's say, the, the, the midterm um, so uh, just just to say, I, I'm I'm originally from Mexico, right? Um, but our farm is, is in Lisbon, and we're looking to expand in in, in uh, for starters in, in Southern Europe. But uh, back from from home, we have a special kind of of tomato that's uh, green tomato. It's called tomatillo, and uh, uh, of course, uh, there, there's plenty of restaurants over here, and and let's say a Latin American community in in Europe, and uh, for the restaurants, etc. We've had uh, a strong demand for tomatillo since uh, amazingly enough they're still importing it from mexico right so uh, we're looking for crops that we can develop that make sense to to grow locally uh, but not only uh, be, be, because people consume it but uh, because of the alternative way they're getting it so if we're able for example to grow tomatillo and save uh, or reduce the emissions that uh, happen from shipping tomatillo from mexico to, to Europe, but that's all uh, something we would be super keen about. And of course, uh, uh, both to grow and, and to eat. Wow, the variety is just amazing that you're growing at um, race farms. And also, um, so now if you if we get the pollination situation down and um, everything becomes okay, how do you think that uh, selling fruit along with leafy greens would impact the agricultural uh, market? I think it would be a positive, a positive thing, right? Uh, just coming, coming back to 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 Simon's uh, visits uh, back in Canada, he 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 told me when when he tried uh, the strawberry to like uh, that, that we're growing this with with our partner um, at Zipro, it 
he, he said that it was one of the most amazing strawberries he'd had in, in his life, right? Like uh, uh, something like uh, back in, in the garden of, 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 of his family, something like that, but uh, way better than uh, something that sold at the supermarket, right? So that, that, that's the comparison. Um, so it will have a, a positive impact both for, for the consumer uh, as giving them a, a tasty product, a nutritious product, uh, something that uh, really changes the game in terms of uh, taste and freshness, but also for um, the adoption of these new growing techniques, right? So still, if you go to the street and um, you talk about vertical farming or hydroponics, there's a very low percentage of people that are actually aware of what vertical farming is, right? It's not something that everybody says, ah, okay, yes, I know that, or, or, or that's already top of mind of the consumer. So with more uh, diversification and uh, expanding the crop variety and all the way going, going to fruits and other popular, let's say crops, um, it's good for, for, for uh, the industry since it, it widens the, um, the mind of, of the consumer in terms of what's available to be grown by, by indoor farms. So I think that that would be a, a positive impact for sure. And is there any cost benefit for vertical farms for selling fruits? For selling fruits? I have to really do that do that analysis, to be honest. Uh, I think uh, the most important thing, uh, or, or yeah, in, in terms of cost benefit, uh, is the yield per square meter that you can achieve, right? So, so normal, for example, uh, tomato that 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 grows very high, right? So, so you need uh, another system, uh, and you need, of course, uh, uh, more more height for for the for growing the the vine. So, it's just doing the analysis in terms of what you can grow and what the demand. And for example, if we have what we're using right now, it's uh, barrels, the sort of towers that have uh, holes uh, or, or let's say vessels uh, spread around the tower. So you have you can grow uh, around uh, 120 crops per square meter only in, in with with one barrel. No, if we were to make it higher, then you could grow more. Um, so it's making that. Uh, uh, cost benefit analysis and also uh, quantifying the the opportunity cost of, of growing uh, let's say leafy greens other crops that can be grown in that barrel um, versus growing um, yes other other kind of foods through another system so yes it would be in terms of of uh, the yield per square meter and, and and the price that can be set in the market so that that would be let's say the analysis that that would have to be done and of course also uh, in terms of of the inputs uh, of of uh, nutrients water electricity how much does it go um, to 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 have uh, a decent output so that would be the analysis have to be made and, and then deciding if if uh, it's worth growing or not right definitely and um how do you think robots or um, bee drones will help uh, growing leafy greens or fruits in the future? We, we're seeing that already, for example, with um, drones and uh, robotic arms. So, um, yes, we're looking, we're looking to, to expand our, our team in the next uh, following months, also to include, let's say, more, more hardware uh, oriented and automation uh, expertise. 
So uh, one one of these uh, aspects is is a robotic arm that that would be able to to transplant or or to do or to do the other harvest. Uh, yes, just uh, inputting this this robotic arm into specific parts of the process that can help us, uh, as mentioned, lower 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 the cost and make it more efficient in, in terms of uh, man hours and and work that needs to be done there. Um, so. Uh, in terms of, for example, drones, we see it being used mostly, for example, for uh, computer vision and, and for, let's say, uh, controlling the, the quality of the crops and also mostly used in, in let's say, bigger operations where, where you can have the drone flying by different racks and uh, with, with a camera analyzing um, the performance or, or uh, the quality of, of the crops, right? Um, so we, we see different uh, ways to integrate that technology um, and we'll see much more in the future, right? So this is just a couple of examples, but uh, yes, or, or the way, um, or, or the way they work and uh, the purpose of technology is, is simply to, to make things more efficient and uh, to produce, let's say, uh, a better output in terms of crops with, let's say, a, a minimal uh, input. And of course, also thinking about the waste, right? So reducing as much waste as possible um, and uh, yeah, optimizing uh, the energy expenditure as well. Yeah, absolutely. It all sounds so fascinating. And uh, lastly, what advice would you like to give to anyone wanting to join the same field as yours? Okay, so I think uh, first, uh, as, as it's a, a complex field, um, and there's a lot of uh, research and, and knowledge to be acquired. So I would definitely recommend uh, uh, to dive into, let's say, already existing material on what, what is hydroponics, what is vertical farming, what are the challenges of, of vertical farming and try to go from there as well. Um, I guess there's different different uh, areas in which one could uh, dive into, uh, depending if, if uh, for for STEM, um, let's say students or, or professionals, um, I would go in the area that, that they're into. For example, uh, we we have a, a biologist in our team, the chief science officer. So things, for example, that that's totally uh, a science area, scientific area. So. I would go uh, deep in, in, into into one area uh, that we that out of there can contribute to to other. For example, um, as mentioned, biology or, or or chemistry or even software, etc. So, uh, looking at where in the field of vertical farming or ag tech, their expertise can be more valuable, and then take it from there. Right. Um, in terms of, of creating, let's say, a, a vertical farming company, etc., I would really um, recommend talking with as much people as possible in the industry, uh, taking, taking some courses, uh, doing some networking and really evaluating what's already out there and uh, evaluating the demand as well in the market and, and, and taking into consideration uh, the geographical context, but also the economical one. And and uh, always yes, tr trying trying to to put uh, as much innovation into into action without having to reinvent the wheel, of course. Uh, but uh, um, yes, using using what the, the tools that are already at hand, and then uh, trying to uh, do marginal improves in, until we can reach uh, let's say a, 
a much better improving point. Uh, so yes, I think uh, would really encourage people to go into it. it it's it's a very let's say uh, a noble field. Um, it has uh, definitely a a a positive uh, environmental potential. Uh, it, it's something we're we're working towards. It's it, it's not. Uh, uh, let's say the, the panacea in terms of sustainability, but it can definitely make an impact, and and I think it's something that uh, it's worth diving into for for um, uh, as mentioned students, professionals, and even we, we've seen a lot of uh, career changes right in in, in CEA um, and vertical farming. Like people that uh, were not really into ag tech that join 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 the ranks because they see. Um, both the love for the plants and the impact that can be can be done through it. So I think it's it's an industry that has uh, um, uh, yeah open arms to 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 have new people coming in. And it's as mentioned, it's a new industry. So there there's a lot of room. Uh, there's a lot of challenges in terms of uh, uh, yes uh, environmental impact, but also feeding the people, uh, the growing population. So it's a wide market and it'll keep growing. So there's a lot of room for growth. Uh, and I would really encourage people to, to dive in and, and see what, what they can do. Yeah, totally. That's some really helpful advice. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much, Emiliano, for coming on my podcast. Had a great time getting to know your insights and talking about your experiences with vertical farming and pollination. Thank you. Thank you very much, Triana. It's uh, great to be here. Appreciate your time. Yeah, and um, to let all of you know, this podcast is now available on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. Make sure you subscribe to all listening platforms and stay tuned for more. Thank you so much, Emiliano. Good luck with all your future endeavors. Likewise. Thanks to all. Bye-bye. Thank you.